Good evening, this is Mady Bellings with KSOM and KS95 News. The Adair City Council and the mayor met Monday night with Police Chief Brad Went to decide his future with the police department. Tom Robinson has more on this. On February 14th, a federal jury in Des Moines convicted Brad Went of conspiring to make false statements to the ATF and illegal possession of a machine gun. During the meeting, Adair City Attorney Clint Victor tells KSOM, KS95 News, Wentz's return to the department is based on the results of his appeal process. Everyone was very, you know, sorry about about the whole situation. Brad had rendered uh, very good services to the city. And in light of everything, the council and Brad chose to uh, have him no longer be, his, be our police chief. He has been placed on a, an unpaid leave pending his resolution of his sentencing and his appeal process. Victor says if any of those resolutions go favorably, Went will be allowed to return as an officer or a part-time officer sometime in the future. Victor says if those resolutions do not result in his favor, he will not return. The city council uh, wanted to communicate to the community that you know, it was a very d- tough decision. And they know it was a, a difficult time for the community to go through uh, that with the city. And we appreciate everybody's patience. We tried to resolve it as fairly as we could to Brad Went, And also keeping the community in mind, it was just a difficult situation. And I don't believe anybody is happy with the resolution, but we're looking forward to moving on and putting it behind us. The city is moving forward with maintaining its police force. The city has one officer and is in the process of recruiting another one. Meanwhile, the city is working with the county sheriff's department to ensure adequate staffing and police response. I'm Tom Robinson reporting. An open burning ban is in place for Cass County. The ban prohibits open and controlled burning in Cass County, including all incorporated city limits within the county. The current drought conditions present an increased risk for the potential of rapid fire spread. Controlled fires can quickly become uncontrollable. It has been determined that open burning constitutes a danger to life or property. During these dry conditions, citizens are reminded to not throw out cigarettes from moving vehicles and to discontinue burning yard waste, piled tree debris, grass, agricultural ground, and set-asides, or other items during the ban. Small recreational patio or campfires are permitted only if they are conducted in a fireplace of brick, metal, or heavy one-inch wire mesh. Any campfire not in an outdoor fireplace is prohibited. Violation of a burn ban can subject a person to citation or arrest for reckless use of fire or disobeying a burn ban. The ban will remain in place until environmental conditions improve. Any questions regarding this burn ban should be directed to your local fire chief. Again, Cass County has implemented a burn ban. The Guthrie County Board of Supervisors and the EMS Advisory Council held another discussion this morning on the EMS services in the county. With the governor's bill that passed in 2021, the county was allowed to look at a tax that could be placed across the county in order to fund EMS and deem EMS an essential service. An EMS advisory council was then created to look at the gaps in services, how much money would be needed to tax, and where the county should be going in the next 10 to 15 years. At this point, they have done a RFP with the cities, in essence, asking them what it's going to take for them to operate. From that, from the, what I would say from the county or the taxpayer side, the stakeholders, what would we expect to receive? Timing of the calls or response times, quality measures on the care provided, number of trucks, equipment, whatever on staff. 
kind of ultimately going pushing towards having them work more with the collaboration that we identified needed to happen early on, but hoping that cities can work together between Stuart, Panora, Adair, Casey, outlying areas, even Carroll, how are we covering all the county and know that they're utilizing each other as needed and coming up with a more efficient way, hopefully sharing of resources, whether it's medical supplies or staff that are off shift in one area that are willing to work in another area, but to gain on those efficiencies and collaborate more. It was noted that the language they are going for is to create a system. They are not creating a third service. When we try and sell this to Guthrie County residents, we wanted to be sure that we put in there that, hey, this isn't just the county giving cities money. This is the county asking for services to be delivered and holding those service providers to account for every tax dollar that was going out for those services. And in exchange, Guthrie County residents are receiving quality services that are reduced in time frame um, that allow our EMS professionals to save lives. Ultimately, a tax proposal will be put together and then the issue will be put on a ballot for voter approval. Rick Taylor of Davis Taylor Insurance, an Iowa Community Insurance Pool representative, appeared this morning at the Montgomery County Board of Supervisors meeting. Tom Robinson has this story. Montgomery County, like many others, is experiencing significant rate increases. Taylor says the reinsurance market drives the rate increase. And I will point out again this is not solely directed at Montgomery County. This is all counties and all cities that are members of that pool. And uh, reinsurance has become, uh, to say the least, very difficult and expensive. And not only have reinsurance companies changed their rates, they've changed the rules we all live by. Taylor stated Montgomery County used to have $1 million in coverage for cyber, but it dropped to 250000 Cyber has become kind of a big deal. It's, uh, and, and more and more um, entities are being affected by cyber claims. Um, and again, it comes back to there's there's other ways to protect yourselves from cyber liability. And, and again, you're going to spend some money with IT sources in order to protect yourself. Because that's the name of the game nowadays is, is having a system or, or a prevention internally in your system protected from cyber liability. There is also a change in roof resurfacing claims. This means roofs over 15 years old will now go to actual cash value if the building is covered under replacement cost coverage. Less than 2% for wind and hail. He says deductibles remain the same except for catastrophic losses. Any losses for um, property coverage is over a million dollars, which would be going to be a 10000 minimum deductible but it's also going to be a 2% wind and hail deductible for catastrophic loss. So 2% of your coverage limit on your property would be the deductible for a catastrophic loss. And that's a big change from what it's been in the past. The biggest cause for significant insurance rate increases besides inflation and social factors was the 2020 derecho. The unusual weather event exploded in west-central Iowa into eastern Iowa, Illinois, Michigan, and parts of Indiana, carried wind speeds of 130 miles per hour, lasted 14 hours, and spanned 770 miles, causing catastrophic damage to infrastructure and crops, putting insurance companies in a financial pinch. I know there's some major insurance companies now in Iowa. Their CEOs are telling me that, that they're razor thin on their margins. All it's going to take is a few bad catastrophic storms and they're in trouble. And we're talking major companies. Some of these major companies that were rated 
AM best A plus have gone to an AM best A minus. So again, like Bo said, it's all about solvency and, and keeping their head above water at this point in time. The storm caused billions of dollars in damages, marking the costliest thunderstorm in U.S. history. I'm Tom Robinson reporting. The Audubon County Board of Supervisors tackled numerous items on the docket. An opioid resolution was one of the topics discussed at their meeting today. Audubon County Supervisors Chairman Heath Hansen says the board works with everybody from the county attorney, public health, and the sheriff. How do we want to spend money to help uh, help people who have opioid addiction or help avoid people getting uh, opioid addiction? Hansen said one of those goals is to make sure they have resources for people who have opioids and do not want to keep them around their homes. But they don't want to get addicted to them. They don't want to, don't want to keep them around the house. We want to make sure that they not only can dispose of them if we have disposal sites, but we also want to make sure that they have not that people know we have disposal sites. Hansen says a lot of people are not aware that in Audubon there are means of getting the drugs out of their hands so they do not have to worry about them any longer. He says the board is waiting to hear back from the county attorney on the county's options. The Cass County 4-H Endowment Committee is hosting the annual 4-H Endowment Pancake Supper on Tuesday, March 12th from 4.30 to 7.30 p.m. at the Cass County Community Center in Atlantic. Katie Bateman, Cass County Extension Youth Coordinator, said proceeds from the event directly benefit the Cass County 4-H program. All funds raised go to the Cass County 4-H Endowment. So it costs $40 for 4-H members to participate in 4-H every year. Um, that just increased this last year from 30 to 40. So our Cass County 4-H Endowment Fund, along with our Cass County Extension Council, cover that cost for our 4-Hers so they don't have to pay that. Um, and so this is a big piece of that puzzle. All of the funds go right into the endowment's account to help supplement those costs. So it doesn't come out of the 4-Hers pocket, but it goes right back into the program so we can continue to offer that scholarship to our youth. The committee also distributes money for financial aid for out-of-county events, senior scholarships, and startup dollars to new innovative youth programs. During the 4-H Endowment Pancake Supper, the Pancake Man will be dishing up fresh pancakes while 4-H members serve sausage, milk, juice, and coffee. Supporters can enjoy all-you-can-eat pancakes. The cost is $8 per adult and $6 per youth 10 and under. There's also a silent auction going on throughout the evening. We have 11 clubs and some other um, businesses around town to pitch in and give donations to um, put together a basket. So I know we have some really cool baskets coming down the line for this year. We're going to have like a shop local basket. Um, we have kind of a, a family night basket. We have a master gardener basket put together. And so this will be a silent auction. You can come and bid on those as you're waiting in line or after you enjoy your pancakes. For more information on the Pancake Supper, Cass County 4-H Endowment, or how to join 4-H, you can contact Katie Bateman at the Cass County Extension Office. More news online at westerniowatoday.com. I'm Andy Bellings with KSOM and KS95 News.